This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall as it's the post Super Bowl, and we get into the stretch run for college basketball, NETs, and of uh, bracketology, and looking at a lot of different trends as we come down to stretch. Bruce, you've done this for a long, long time, and you're well versed of the 350, all 350 plus of the Division One teams. And we look at some of the uh, some of the trends and things like that. So we'll look at that and sort of say big picture and small picture today. But uh, the the biggest thing is critical injuries. Critical injuries. Who's gaining a player uh, and who is uh, missing a player? And we saw uh, the first of all in the SEC, uh, Colin Castleton, who's uh, out for the season with a broken hand. Uh, his first game he was out was on Saturday against Arkansas, and it was an easy cover for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Razorbacks needed that win also because they've got a tough – they couldn't afford to lose a loss, I, could, I guess I could say, right there with such a tough slate ahead of them in the conference. Yeah, you're right. And and, and Castleton, the, the, uh, the, the danger with him being out for Florida, I mean, for much of the season – uh, he was <clears throat> he was the only uh, a double digit scorer that uh, Todd Golden had, and so he's he had been well their most consistent scoring threat, and obviously they didn't replace him against Arkansas. It, it's time for some of those transfers from Florida. I think it's pretty, it's a little, little bit late now, but like Lofton from St. Saint Bonaventure and others. I uh, have undershot a little bit this year, and uh, so much was revolved around Castleton. So uh, they're, they're in trouble without him. And Arkansas, you know, we mentioned here's another guy to bring up, though, is Nick Smith Jr. Uh, back a couple of weeks ago, after missing most of the season, and this was the most ballyhooed recruit in the country. And I and right. I wonder, this is this is a little different from us to have to work a guy in like this, uh, uh, I mean, a high-volume shooter, ball-dominant, and to try to fit him into the rotations this late in the season. But he's generally considered a top-five uh, a lottery pick in the in, in the NBA, and we just saw that game the other night against uh, the other afternoon against Florida. Him start to come around. He's starting to get more minutes now. He scored 10 points. Uh, he's, his shooting is still not quite there. The rust isn't quite worn off yet, but we saw a glimpse of him back in December, what he could do. There's a guy we might want to watch who's just come back into action. Yeah, Musselman's program is was just on the move, man. I mean, uh, you know, they 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 um, have a deep run to the regional finals where they lose. Uh, probably gave Baylor their most competitive game uh, of the tournament. Uh, knock off uh, Gonzaga last year uh, in, in the Sweet 16, and uh, and then this star-studded recruiting class, but it just hasn't panned out to be, uh, you know, to, to it hasn't translated from paper. Smith, check it out, though. You know, some people didn't know if he was going to play at all. Three games back now, Bruce, 17 minutes, four minutes, and now 32. 
on, yeah. on Saturday against Florida. So maybe now he's uh, we're going to see more of Nick Smith, and he's much needed. Yeah, and uh, he's only shooting 30% since he came back. But like we said, he did score 10 against Florida, like you said, uh, up to over 30 minutes. So he's getting more and more back into the rotation. Now, this this was a, a must had sort of established a rotation in Smith's absence. By the way, uh, Anthony Black, the other highly touted freshman wing, and Ricky Council, the transfer from Wichita, these are two other guys who were both regarded as possible first-round picks in the NBA. So there's a lot of talent that Muss has to uh, mesh together here. I will predict, though, that he's going to go back into his next wave into the portal to find uh, his next guys because of the freshman thing. I mean, to fit them in hasn't been quite as smooth for Muss. Muss has a couple transfers in here like like Council uh, and the Mitchell twins from, from Rhode Island. But uh, he will go back, I think, more into the portal to get the more veteran guys coming in because I think that's what he likes a little more. Uh, some, uh, uh, some of the uh, other notes that you passed along to me is that uh, Georgia will be going up against Arkansas tonight, and the um, and they have struggled on the road. Uh, they lose by a smooth 49 on Saturday at Alabama. Uh, they lost by 25 in College Station, by 19 in Auburn, by 29 in Tennessee, and by 14 uh, in Rupp. Um, does, uh, does Arkansas play the bully again uh, in this spot against, against the, uh, the, the dogs who are struggling on the road? Well, I think they could, and uh, it's funny. Georgia might have to look to uh, Vanderbilt for all teams of, for inspiration because after Vandy got blown out similarly by Alabama a few weeks ago, they've gone on a run. So that's what Georgia is hoping can happen, but I think it's pretty doubtful, like you cited there. Their problems on the road look pretty acute uh, by this point, and they've played better at home. I mean, they just beat Kentucky at home last week, but on the road, totally different story. Issue for them, Terry Roberts, the transfer from Bradley, who had been their leading scorer for much of the season. He still is their leading scorer, but his numbers have really dropped off the last uh, couple of weeks. So unless they get Roberts back up to speed, uh, the SEC road, which can be treacherous, is going to be extra treacherous for Georgia. That's a 13-and-a-half-point spread uh, tonight uh, at Bet Rivers, uh, Arkansas, over Georgia. Other uh, other names uh, that are back. Uh, Mike Miles Jr. We saw this one on Tuesday on Tuesday night. Um, came back his second game back. He scored eighteen in thirty five minutes, uh, twenty five minutes of uh, sorry thirty five minutes. The first one in a route of Oklahoma State. TCU had really struggled since they lost him. He got hurt in that SEC Big Twelve Challenge game in Starkville against Mississippi State in the first four minutes. He had been out until. Uh, that Saturday game, that win against Oklahoma State, Frogs just couldn't just couldn't uh, do it from two. Really struggled from uh, close in uh, in tight. Kansas uh, is surging right now. Maybe the best team in the country. I mean, uh, certainly the best team right now in the best conference by far. Uh, but again, they come in. But Miles, Miles, Miles. I'm sorry, Mike Miles Jr. Bruce is another one to watch. He's a big, but conference uh, conference preseason player of the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember TCU went into the second round last year. Darn near knocked off uh, Arizona. Miles is back, a couple years starter. Uh, without him, they were 1-4. and four. Uh, So they had really started to slip down in the mock brackets. You saw them now down 7-8 line after this was a team in the 3-4 line for a while. So I think more what we can expect from uh, Oklahoma, from uh, TCU was, was the side we saw against Oklahoma State. On a Saturday, that was not a bad effort against Kansas last night. There was also some revenge for Kansas, which really got pounded by TCU, yes. uh, the first meeting. But 
like you say, Miles makes them a different team. I mean, their offense is a much sharper edge with him. I mean, he's their best scorer, and uh, you can turn to him to get a bucket. They really missed him when he was out. And in that league, boy, if you have any little weakness in the Big 12, it gets exploited quick. At least that's not a weakness that will get exploited by TCU. If they lose, it's going to be for other reasons going forward. But at least they have Miles back, and that makes them dangerous. Hey, Bruce, look at uh, – I said Tuesday was the Monday night game, the Monday night game with Kansas and uh, TCU. Uh, Saturday game against all of a sudden, here's one of the – and this is the thing about you know sports betting. I mean, it's like catching these stocks when they're about to rise, catching these, these higher price stocks when they're about to decline and things like that. Do we have one in TCU Saturday opponent in Texas Tech? Texas Tech was in dead last in the Big 12 – They've ripped off now three in a row, Kansas State, Texas, and at West Virginia in Morgantown on Saturday. Texas Tech is playing the best uh, best basketball of the season. They are, and that, I mean, I think they started to fly under the radar there for a while when they uh, they started off 0-8 in, in Big 12 play, and I think that's, that's another indicator of how strong the Big 12 is when a team like that can start off 0-8 in league. But uh, they've they've turned things around. You're right, and and they're winning some games right now. And this is not an easy spot on the schedule for anybody. There's no such thing in the Big Twelve this year. But what might have seemed that for a while certainly isn't the case. O'Banner, we remember him. Uh, he had uh, he had been at uh, Oral Roberts a couple of years ago. Uh, he's one of their better one of their four double digit scores. So there's there's some firepower they've got there, and. You know, there are some mock brackets that have Texas Tech like in the next or, 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 or next four teams out. They're just on the other side of the cut line. I have never seen a league this deep into the season when they're still talking about every team in the league having a shot to get into the big dance. I can't envision them actually doing that, but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's room for these teams. If somebody starts slumping here, like uh, West Virginia or somebody else, Oklahoma State down the stretch, they could play themselves out of the dance. So Texas Tech is one of these teams we want to watch making a move in the last few weeks. And then, uh, again, before their Saturday game against TCU, they'll play Tuesday uh, tonight uh, in Norman, Oklahoma. And so we'll see uh, how that one goes. But that's going to be another one. But, again, it's one of those teams. That, and I had them on Saturday uh, at West Virginia. And um, glad that I did. I mean, a seven-point dog uh, wins, uh, wins outright. So Texas Tech is in form right now, as we like to say, uh, playing their best basketball of the season. And like you say, you're never out of it because you've got quality win opportunities all season long. Uh, in in the Big Twelve and into the postseason tournament as well, and then finally the last uh, last main name you want to talk about, uh, Justin Moore. Justin Moore was a Sunday game against Providence. They've now been swept by Providence home and home, um, and it's funny because that was his first game back, and then this past Saturday he came back. The odds makers adjusted to him, Bruce, because that line was about a pick'em uh, on that Sunday in Philadelphia. This line had gotten all the way down to three. At Providence. Providence is very tough at home. I mean, extremely tough. Creighton, we're talking about the Big East. They're as hot as anybody in the Big East. They took care of them. I don't know if they've lost at home this year. That was a soft number at home. So the Justin Moore has improved their play. Is this a case where you had that window of opportunity to get on Villanova and maybe the odds makers have caught up now? That's a good point, Jimmy. Uh, I I think that's probably the case um, where – you know, the, 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 the secret is out now. Moore is back and he's been – and they've played better. 
generally, and even the game against uh, Providence. I mean, that was they were within four points, I think, inside of five minutes, and then they lost touch. But uh, the performance has sort of matched that, and now you're right. I think the value is sort of uh, is sort of out of uh, Villanova that we've got there for a short uh, bit of time. Uh, they could still. Uh, continue to excel, though, and even though they didn't do it against Providence, I mean, this this team is one that could make some noise in the Big East tournament. It's a much better team with uh, with Moore, and uh, their point spread mark since he came back is better. Uh, they're also controlling the pace uh, more with with uh, with Moore back in there. That dang game did get a little bit higher scoring against Providence, but they've been playing a lot of under games, and uh, this uh, the game they've got going against Xavier that was a higher scoring game the first time without Moore. I would expect tonight's game to be a little slower paced against the Musketeers. Yeah, I love those uh, Big East games, man. They're fun, and, and you know, it's uh, the thing about it is, um, yeah, it was close. But Providence pulls away for a comfortable win, eighty-five to seventy-two uh, on Saturday. So um, it just, uh, it's it's fun where that the basketball is the number one sport on a campus. It's so many of those uh, colleges uh, they get into it. Always a great atmosphere uh, in those games. What about uh, coaches? It's all about the coaches. Huh? You know, we see the coaches. How is this team all of a sudden better? How is this team struggling now? The coaches dominate college-based basketball. They're the constant. They're the stars, and they usually determine how, uh, how good the programs are. Buzz Williams trying to take his third different program to the NCAA tournament. Had a very mediocre at best, very poor start maybe, but they are flying now in the SEC. Now, 12-2, and two, Bruce, only a game back of the Alabama Crimson Tide, who they host on the last day of the SEC season. 12-2, and 5-0 and oh, their last five against the spread as well. A nice road win for them on Saturday. And now Tennessee tonight of uh, uh, in College Station is going to be a good one. What, what Buzz did and what he uh, and he will often do uh, early in the season, uh, he, he's experimenting when he's got new players coming in. And he had a couple of transfers. Uh, Dexter Dennis came in from Wichita State. Marble came in from Michigan State. So he's trying to work these guys in into the mix in the first month, month and a half of the season. And they took some losses early on. And uh, it's uh, that, that, that hurt their metrics. Uh, but Last year, we saw the similar situation with Texas A&M. They started to win a little bit later last year. And they were hot by the time they got in the SEC tournament. I thought they should have gotten a bid to the dance. They just missed on the other side of the cut line. This year, I mean, they started to run the push a lot sooner. So I think they're going to remove that chance. The selection committee overlooks them as long as they keep going like this. But if you you notice now, all the pieces are fitting. Um, The rotations are set. Uh, they have stayed pretty healthy, and that's been a plus, too. Wade Taylor now in his third year as a starter, and he's turned into one of the premier scoring guards in the SEC. And we see this with Buzz a lot. I mean, his teams get better as the season goes along, and that's certainly the case here. And and they started early enough this year, the selection committee is not going to be able to overlook them. Tough one tonight. Uh, Tennessee comes in, but I would not bet against Buzz right now, that's for sure. Yeah, man, and you know they're going to be uh, fired up uh, at home. That Tennessee team just remind, just looks like a Sweet 16 team. And Rick Barnes, in all of his success in Knoxville, uh, 
has not gotten past the Sweet 16 with the Tennessee. Even that great season, I think three years ago, uh, when Auburn got to the uh, Auburn and Kentucky played in the regional final, Tennessee lost a heartbreaker to that Purdue team before Purdue lost a heartbreaker to Virginia. But just not enough firepower, Bruce. They all his teams are very similar, and that was a really good team with with Grant Williams and the rest a few years ago. But you're right; they do seem to bump their head at the at the Sweet 16 level, and I think it's because the real lack of a real go-to scorer. Um, now, listen the, the the their ability to share the ball, the defense, the balance that works great uh, in the regular season. It gets them into the into the into the dance. And they can usually survive the sub-regionals. But they need a little bit of extra star power to get over the hump. And if you look at that roster this year, I'm not sure I see that this year either. I mean, Vescovi scoring about 12 per game. He's the leading scorer. I mean, you just – who do you go to when you need a bucket right. for that team? Tennessee people say, well, all of our guys. I'm not sure. Uh, and I think they're sort, they've been lacking that in these big sort of games. And this will be another test night. This is going to be a tournament-type game against Texas A&M. Uh, they've, they've, Tennessee's been losing some games uh, lately, and they certainly have yeah. trouble with Kentucky. Uh, they lost twice to the Wildcats, and I think that's indicative of we might see uh, we get to the dance for Tennessee. Well, I know the, uh, I, I learned the hard way uh, for the uh, you know for um, for you know Tennessee against Kentucky, uh, but they, um, I mean, they. They, that's a matchup. They can't score against Kentucky. It's just yeah. that simple. I mean, they, yep. they the, the the quality of shots that they put up are really bad. No, Isaiah Jones is a game time decision. He's averaging like nine a game. He's been all over the place. He's been very inconsistent this year. They might be, you know, hey, they can't afford to turn their nose up to any type of help uh, should they get them. But I think Texas A&M might be hard to get uh, there as well. You know, got another team, uh, this in the ACC that is surging. You talk about a coach as well. This guy's been to the Final Four before, Jim Laranega. How about the Miami Hurricanes, Bruce? Now, the, the ACC, there's some real marquee names there that are underperforming. How about North Carolina? 0-9 against quad one teams now? My goodness, the defending runners up, preseason number one. You got some big boys that are really struggling, but still, um, Miami, man, they are uh, they look good. I, I I love the way they play. I do too, and I I love that backcourt. And you're seeing now the last couple of weeks, all of those nil dollars they're paying to Nigel Pack, and uh, they pretty well publicized. Give him a car with eight hundred grand for two years. Um, the Kansas State transfer, man, is he stepping up. Uh, the last three games, he scored 22 or more in each. And you're throwing him into a perimeter there that's got some established weapons with Isaiah Wong and Brandon Miller, the ex-transfer from George Mason. So I actually think uh, Miami might be a little better than it was last year when it got all the way to the Elite Eight. And watch the the, the big kid, or the not super big, but the, the power forward, uh, Norchad Ormier, came in, coming from Arkansas State. 14 per game, scoring 10 per game rebounds. Man, he has really given them a presence down in the blocks. I predict you'll see a lot of uh, coaches from the ACC and SEC go to the Sun Belt and look for some transfers because there's a few doing very well, including this kid who has really given Miami a presence down low. I think they might be better than they were last year. Uh, and the one other thing about these guys I love, out on the road, they know how to win. They have won 13 games, 13 games outright as an ACC visitor since last season. Five of them this year. Uh, they got another one tonight against Virginia Tech. Uh, but they know how to take their act on the road. And, man, 
There's a lot of teams that can't do that. These guys can do it. Credit Coach L and credit his ability to plug these guys in quick like Pack. They are making a difference, and the portal is paying off big time for Miami. 7 o'clock Eastern tip tonight. Uh, two, uh, Virginia Tech is a two-point favorite at home against Miami at Bet Rivers right now, and that is – and, I mean, that's a tough place to play. They've uh, beaten Virginia. Uh, earlier this year uh, at uh, Blacksburg. They won again by seven against Pitt on Saturday. Miami is road tested. Should be a good one tonight. I love this uh, game tonight as well. 8.30 tip in the Big East. We talk about the Big East. Always a sellout at the Omaha Civic Center. Uh, Marquette, and you 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 identified uh, Shaka, Starts, Shaka Smart's team earlier this year as being a, a very talented one. It's a great matchup. Man, we got a great card uh, tonight in college basketball. Marquette at Creighton. Creighton's five and a half. Yeah. Um, now, the first time they met, it was back in December, actually, and that's when Creighton was struggling. And uh, Calc Brenner was out uh, that first game, the big kid, and Marquette won 69 to 58. But again, some of these, uh, the, the top contenders, this is top quality hoops. There's five teams for sure, I think, out of the Big East going to the dance. Two of them are here. Here's the interesting thing about Creighton as good as they are, and uh, they they got they got beyond that that slump they had in December. Several of those games without Kalkbrenner. He comes back. He put a seven-one guy down low. Uh, he's a rim protector on the defensive side, and he certainly gives them a scoring presence down on the low blocks on the offensive side. They're a different team uh, with him in there. However, if you look at Creighton this season uh, against the other top Big East contenders, uh, they are only one and six versus the spread. They have really made hay downstream in the Big East against some of the also-rans, the mid- and lower-level teams, but they've had a little trouble against this top level, and that's where Marquette certainly is. There, Like you say, Jimmy, there have been times this season I've watched Marquette. Uh, the first time was actually that Baylor game, which was before, uh, not long after Thanksgiving. I thought, this is the best team I've seen all, all year. Uh, the way they, they share the ball so well, they can run the offense through two guys. Kolek, the point guard, is one of the top assist guys in the country. And Ugadoro, the 6'9 guy, they put him at the high post. He's one of the best passing big guys in the country. So they move the ball so well. They're one of the top assist teams in the country. And this is the new version of Shaka Ball. It used to be just all that full-court pressure and stuff like that. They are much more refined offensively. Cam Jones looks like a new Dwayne Wade coming in at Marquette. And... They are dangerous. So I think this is a very live dog tonight. One other note, though, uh, they got the total up there pretty high. They didn't come close to this total the first time. They landed up only 127 uh-huh. uh, and generally trending under here. So that's a pretty high total for these teams, too. I think that an under might be the way to look. But definitely Marquette plus the points, the livest of live dogs in the Big East. Hey, uh, Bruce, how about some mid, mid-majors uh, that you see streaking? Uh, as we're not – keep in mind, they start their conference tournaments a week before, but uh, we're getting close to that. And at where the mid-majors, it's all, it's, it's all or nothing with their conference tournaments. They're really prioritizing getting in form, you know, in top form, heading into the uh, conference tournaments. Yeah, there's one tonight I would really look at in the Mid-American, which is kind of a top-heavy loop. Uh, I mean, we know Akron is good, and uh, Toledo is good. Um, Kent State is good. Throw Ohio U into that mix. So there is a good top four in this league, and Ohio U is there. Jeff Bowles has won before. He's gotten to the dance before. It took this team a little while to put things together. Uh, But they have now won and covered five in a row. Uh, They're scoring over 82 points per game in this mix. 
the transfer from Old Dominion, Jalen Hunter, the guard, has put up some very big numbers. And uh, Dwight Wilson, the other the, the power forward, another Sunbelt guy, James Madison, he came from, uh, they, they're giving them some real balance, and, and they are popping some teams lately. They've just beat Northern Illinois in DeKalb uh, about two weeks ago. Now they get them at home down in Athens tonight. Uh, it's a little bit of a price you got to lay with Ohio U, but, they man, they are storming right now, and uh, they're just not uh, not taking a deep breath. So this is one of these mid-majors you'd watch. They're picking up the steam uh, right at the end. They're scoring a lot of points. And by me, I think they can handle this price tonight against Northern Illinois. Hey, Bruce, um, you know, with the, uh, the the players, the impact players we're talking about uh, in and out of the lineup, you know, making uh, – you know, you know, adding a punch or uh, kind of removing uh, a key piece. Uh, a guy we failed to member uh, to mention was the Vanderbilt big man. Uh, I call him Lim. I think it's Liam <laughs> Robbins, but yeah. they're going yeah. to a struggling LSU. LSU is, I mean, they're neck and neck with Cal being the worst power six team. Will include the Big East in that conversation in all of college basketball. They got drilled by a near three hundred Ken Palm team on Saturday by double digits uh, at home in Baton Rouge. Uh, Vandy's going to LSU. They're playing better. Uh, wins over Tennessee. Wins over Auburn. These are these are these are tournament teams since he's returned. Yeah, uh, and Robbins came back right before they got blown out that game against Alabama. But no, I think he we, came let's... back in that game. That he did come back. Yeah. back. Yeah, he came back in. Yeah. yeah, and and I think we can throw that one out because Alabama, they can do that to teams. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt doesn't match up against Alabama. Everybody else, uh, everybody else, Vanderbilt matches up very well against. And because of Robbins coming back, it gives him a legitimate post scoring threat. Uh, he transferred in uh, in in last year, and they missed him for several weeks there, uh, and, and when they were struggling. But take a look at Vanderbilt at some of the scalps that they have claimed. Uh, you know, you you mentioned Auburn, you mentioned Arkansas, you mentioned Tennessee, uh, Pittsburgh. That's a good win uh, pre league before that. They have got a lot more nice wins than several of these teams they're talking about on the bubble, and nobody's even talking about Vanderbilt yet. I think it's time we start to. F- to include the Commodores in some of this bubble talk right now. Jerry Stackhouse, some tough love with these guys, but they are a fully functional team. They learned how to play some small ball without a Robbins. Um, I like, I mean, Jordan Wright from your neck of the woods down in Baton Rouge, a very established presence in the backcourt, big in the backcourt too. Uh, Vanderbilt's a load right now, and I think uh, this is a spot maybe against LSU. Let's just keep riding. I would look at them tomorrow night for sure. Keep an eye on these guys. I think they're that they could start sneaking into some of the bubble conversation in the last couple of weeks because they are making a run late and they got a lot of good wins in their satchel. Got some got some ground to make up on their NET. Uh, I mean, at eighty seven, I wonder if yeah. they will give them a little bit of consideration about that. That's that's probably too far to too too far out to catch up. I mean, you got to try and get to around that fifty range. Forty to fifty is that bubble range. The committee leans on that that the, the, this tool uh, so much um I wonder if they will give them a little bit of extra consideration if they make a run because they had that stretch without him you know and that he's he's back now so yeah and this is uh it's not a complaint with the net that I have here I mean there there's too much uh you know towards the big 12 and not enough towards the SEC look when they played the SEC in the challenge I mean that was pretty much a standoff here. But they've got a lot of good wins 
you know, and uh, I know, and even some of the losses don't look as bad. I mean, Southern Miss, last time I checked, was uh, running top uh-huh. there in in the Sun Belt. That's not, that shouldn't be a bad loss, but in the metrics, it's hard to tell. But three more weeks before we get to the SEC tournament, there's still some time for these teams to make a run. And uh, the conference tournaments are coming up uh a couple of weeks before we get there, so there's still some room to maneuver for some of these teams. The win at Gainesville was with Castleton uh, in the lineup yep. a couple of weeks ago uh, yep. as well. We do it every Tuesday. We drop this. It's a Sports Betters Paradise. Extensive conversation with Bruce Marshall. He's well-versed from 1 to 353. What is it we have now, Bruce? I can't keep up. 351, I think 352, three, I think. Now, yeah. so, something like that. So uh, he, uh, he has it all as we creep toward championship week. Uh, and also the tournament. For Bruce Marshall, executive editor of The Goal Sheet, I'm Jimmy Yacht on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.